Okay, hi. So it's Carrie Johnson, and I am recording today on the traditional territory of Champlain and Ajac First Nations. And my guest today is Tarek Bashabar from Coldacre. And Tarek, uh, welcome. Hey, thank you. Just uh, acknowledge that I'm on the traditional territory of the Tonquichon Council and uh, the Kwamundan First Nation. And um, yeah, thanks for having me. I'm excited to be here. Okay, so tell us a little bit about uh, who you are as an entrepreneur. Um, so my, my name is Tadek and uh, I'm the COO, the, the Chief Operating Officer for Cold Acre Food Systems. Um, and what we're doing is uh, currently we're, we're working on anything that's indoor year-round growing. Um, like a transition just to year-round growing actually is probably a better way to put it. And so we try to stay kind of agnostic on how to do it or, or what the tech is. We're just really focused on how to produce food, uh, especially in Canada, especially in Northern Canada all year round uh, remotely or, you know, in more connected areas um, so that we can get more local food uh, yeah, being produced. What's your educational background? Uh, I have a degree in physics uh, with a minor in math. I okay. went out to, to St. Effects for that. Nice. Okay. Yeah. And so um, what are you learning about the business model of Coldacre over the last couple of months as the pandemic has kind of become a reality? So uh, I think what we've been realizing um, is that I guess the industry that we're in is, is very robust. Um, we're lucky in, the, in terms that like everybody is obviously still needs to eat. And, uh, and so I think what we're learning, and it's, it's, not, it's not like we're learning this for the first time, it's just being reinforced is how important uh, what we're doing is. And this, this is what drew me in anyway, or how much I think it's important. Uh, and this is what drew me into it to begin with. And so with the pandemic and uh, with a lot of uncertainty in the world, a lot, we noticed a lot of people started to look really for, for local food, uh, you know, being produced. And, and so it felt good that we were actually on that side, um, you know, producing. And, and yeah, so I, th I think what I really learned about this is just that, yeah, we're, it's, a, it's a robust industry. It's, it's important and people actually really care about it and are, are pretty passionate about it. What's your engagement with Yukoners been like? Like, how, how are you getting your message out? Yeah, so, well, we find uh, Facebook to be particularly uh, effective. Like, I know a lot of people say, that, you know, there's all sorts of places you're supposed to go, but, you know, down south and different ways to engage. But it seems like Facebook is, is pretty good for us. So we've been doing that. And, uh, and I'd say Yukoners have been pretty awesome for, for us so far. They've been very supportive. Uh, they're very honest. <laughs> That's like a double-sided, but it's actually great. I love it. And so we know when we make a mistake and, uh, and you know, they're forgiving and they're uh, happy to, to explain what the mistake was. And so it's actually, it's actually really nice. We're, we're staying engaged and we, we have, we're, it's nice to have people that are that engaged as well to like, to give us their feedback. And, uh, and so it's been, it's been pretty awesome, I think. Um, overall the, the experience and it's been feel feels really good actually there's a lot of a lot of Yukoners who support us um, almost it, it just seems just out of like supporting something local and they, they like what we're doing they like what we're shooting for it seems almost like it's secondary that they get their greens they're like yeah this is cool but they're more focused on what we're doing as a business which I, I think is is really nice that is amazing that is amazing. So you spoke a little bit about, you know, sort of honesty in your own leadership as an entrepreneur. What else are you sort of learning about leadership during the pandemic within your organization or within the territory? Um, well, 
within the territory is a harder question to ask. Maybe I'll, I'll answer within our organization, give me time to think. <laughs> but um, yeah, I'd say within our organization, it's, uh, it's a lot of, you know, making sure to well, stay positive um, is one that I, I find really important and focus on goals, just getting through kind of like, it, it can get overwhelming if you look at like the large picture. It's like, there's a lot to do. There's a lot that can go, go wrong and it's easy to, focus on all the bad or or the challenges that are happening and, and feel like you're drowning or like there's no way out of this but if you just kind of stepwise it's like okay how can we how can we move this forward and how can we turn our biggest challenge into our biggest opportunity and that's what we've been doing over and over is just every time that there's you know it seems like a huge challenge or or how are we going to produce you know like how are we going to harvest food and send it out um it's like, well, we can't not harvest food. People are going to need to eat. We, that's not shutting down. So, you know, how are we going to make sure that we can do this safely, that we can do this where we know we're doing our absolute best to, to ensure that nobody's going to get sick and that we're not the hub for uh, a coronavirus outbreak in the Yukon. And so it can get, it can get nerve wracking, but if you focus on what you can do and, and doing that really well, I find that that makes a, you know, that's a good place to start. And as for leadership in the Yukon, I don't, yeah, that's a tough one. I'd say that, uh, I don't know if it's what you mean, but I'd say that I, I'm actually pretty impressed with, uh, you know, governmental leadership and, and how much they're willing to do to make sure that people are safe. And I think it's just everybody's in a challenge and I'm sure we'll look back in a couple of years and everybody will, you know, have a better opinion on what could have been done. But I, I think that, I honestly think that when I look at it, everybody's trying their best and they're making rational decisions that seem like the best ones that they can do at the time. And so I, I don't think I could do any better uh, in the position. So I, I'm, I, I think that, you know, they're doing the same thing just on a much larger scale. I think that's um, some really insightful stuff that you said about what it is to create a safe work environment for your staff so that they feel, you know, safe and secure to come to work and so that you're also not like the hub of the pandemic, right? Like that's, yeah. <laughs> that's the last thing anybody wants as an entrepreneur. And so, yeah, that's, um, that's pretty much the worst. <laughs> yeah, yeah. 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 So like to really be, you know, thinking about that and, and maintaining, you know, that safe work environment and, and acknowledging that like none of us have ever done this before and we're all really just doing the best that we can with, with the information and the tools that we've got. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But when we focus sort of first on, you know, like the internal structure of what we're doing, that's, that's our foundation for strength. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. Um, so how are you thinking about your business differently? Like with all that you've learned over the past couple of months, where are you guys kind of headed and what are sort of the, what are the core thoughts or values that you're bringing forward with you? Hmm. Um, I'm not sure, actually. I, I think, um, I don't know if we're th thinking about our business that differently. I think, like I said earlier, it's just, it just really got uh, brought up how, how important it is to people that are, you know, not even invested in the business. So I think how I, maybe how I'm thinking about it, um, it's just maybe resurfacing and making more clear to me uh, just how much I, I want this to work out and how, how much I think, you know, for, uh, for a, a community to be able to produce their own food, um, even if it's, you know, not, not the main, like not all of it, right. It's, you don't have to, you don't have to take out 100% of the food, just taking off chunks at a time, I think and it's so important. And, 
and like uh you know a lot of people get hung up on food food security we, we try to stay a little bit away from the word food security as a company we try to go more food diversity because a lot of what we do is produce uh leafy greens and you know uh basically fruity and vegetables like things that aren't necessarily going to keep you alive right like they're not we're not producing rice in a in a crop box we're not producing you know so um so i, I think what we're doing is by trying to diversify what a community can find is accessible and and have you know high nutrition highly nutritious uh delicious food you know that's you know good quality and stuff like that it's just one one step forward and, and i think it's an important step and, and then i think empowering the a community or empowering you know myself even to start doing that it's you start seeing the other side it's like how can i start growing potatoes how can i grow enough potatoes this summer so that I don't have to buy any potatoes for the winter, you know, like you start, it starts just getting that, that movement forward. And so, um, so this has just been getting like really slapped into my face. It's, it's how much people are wary or how wary people are and how, uh, with, with going outside, with going out of the territory and, and how, you know, much people are staying in, inside right now or like within the territory and, and, um, and then as a byproduct, just how important it is now to be able to actually sustain ourselves within said territory and be a little less reliant. I feel like, you know, reading back through the history of the Yukon, this idea of being able to produce our own food and be, you know, to, to grow everything local is like, that's like the longstanding dream to kind of get back to that, right? Like that's yeah. the history of this place is that it always supported the people who lived here. And then yeah, we had this massive disruption and and we were like we all kind of really want to go back to that yeah it's 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 kind of humbling actually sometimes it's like now we have all this tech and we have all this you know people like in, in government who are really uh, supportive and you know a lot, a lot of support to do this and i'm like people did this for thousands of years <laughs> for tens of, it's like i should be able to figure this out a little bit <laughs> mm -hmm. yeah yeah. And it's like, it's, it's kind of ensuring that we know what our values are in terms of that food production, right? Like it's that, that, that moving forward with our values is, is what will hopefully get us there. Yeah. Yeah. And it, it seems, it really does seem like uh, everybody's on the same page. I haven't met one person who is like, you know, you're wasting your time. Nobody wants you to do this. <laughs> right. So, <laughs> so everybody seems to be on the same page. Yeah. Um, I think there was like a humbling figure for me that came out when like the from the agricultural association or, or with this like when we when we learned about like Yukon's new agricultural strategy and it's something like one percent yeah is that the correct number one percent of our is, food yeah. is produced locally yeah it's it's crazy um and that and that actually kind of it's kind of exciting at the same time because we're in a position where nobody's really competing uh with each other here we're all competing with somebody down south that's how I viewed it the whole time. And, uh, and I think most people are on the same page and it makes it feel a lot friendlier because you're, if you have a question and if anybody else has a question, like we give them answers, we give them probably more than we should, because, you know, if they start up and start producing lettuce, like, cool, we've got so far to go. Like, <laughs> you know, there's 99% for the taking. So, um, you know, that's, that's okay. We're, and it, it's nice. It, it almost creates a community of people who maybe in a harsher environment would be competitors. Yeah, that, that takes me back to my story with Sonny from one of the earlier episodes of the podcast when I was first speaking with him. And it's like, you know, I was working up as a camp cook, which is where we first met, not at this camp, yeah. but like our first 
uh, time to meet each other was that was at a fire camp, right? So, yeah. but, uh, but I was cooking up at 60 mile and, uh, and, you know, realizing that the lettuce, like the leafy greens that we were eating were coming from the Salinas Valley in California. And that's just like bananas that, yeah. you know, from California all the way up to literally the top of the world, top of the world highway. Yeah. It's, it's just like, it's, it's when you stop and think about it, it, it doesn't make any sense. You're like how, like almost it's incredible in some, like in a lot of ways, there's a lot of, you know, I'm floored by it. I look like $4 for a pound of strawberries in the Yukon. I'm like, how is this? This doesn't, you know, They're like, obviously uh, there's somebody being subsidized. Like somebody's paying for me to eat these strawberries. because <laughs> Yeah. But yeah, it's, it, it's pretty wild when you look at it. Totally. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So uh, what are you learning? What's like in the last couple months, like, have you expanded your skill sets in some ways? Have you taken a course? What sort of, as entrepreneurs, we're constantly sort of trying to learn the new thing. So what has piqued your interest? Yeah. So, um, I started to really dive into oyster mushrooms. Um, and we started to research all things oyster mushrooms and then build and uh we're actually working with sunny gray on them um who you mentioned before and so that's been that's actually been sucking up a lot of my time i i come home and i i kind of like lay in bed and i'll be like oh what a how does somebody do that and i'll <laughs> like google it or something like that it's like how do we figure out this you know like a molding issue or how do we mass produce you know this many and so and so i'm just constantly you know researching things coming up with ideas designs and then building uh building things to try to you know produce these mushrooms and so that's been a that's been a fun what fun way to spend time and uh and it's also a productive way to spend time because as we as we nail them down and we're starting to get them we're getting our uh, our mushrooms to grow and uh, as they get more and more successful, then, you know, we're hopefully you'll find them in the stores and, uh, and stuff. So it's been kind of a nice double whammy. It keeps me, keeps me occupied and, uh, and it's productive. Oh, my heart is just singing. I'm super excited that you're doing mushrooms. That's fantastic. That's like, that's, that's the dream. I'm a big fan of mycelium running and the work of Paul Stammen. So it's like, it's oh, cool cool to hear that you guys are working on that. It's like, somebody's got to figure this out for the territory. Cause like, we're already known for mushrooms. So but wild ones, but yeah. what would it be like for us to cultivate and be able to sort of like, um, have a, have a, a sense of production that way. Cool. Well, it's really, it's really fun, but it's a lot of hard lessons. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's yeah. uh it doesn't, it seems to be like you can co like collect every piece of information online. Um, but you're going to, get slapped a few times no matter what mushrooms are they're 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 a mystery aren't they like they're, yeah. they've got their own ecosystem yeah 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 cool. so that's that yeah uh okay so what advice would you have for aspiring entrepreneurs out there somebody who's thinking like oh i should start my business or or even something that you're learning that you'd like to share with other entrepreneurs um i'd say sort of the classic one of uh you know take it one step at a time and um sounds like a cliche but i guess it's cliche for a reason it's just stepwise build up see what works and just stay really nimble and pivot but uh i'd say specifically in the yukon for the yukoners that are watching which i assume are many <laughs> um is that there's a lot of awesome entrepreneurs in town there's a lot of awesome resources uh 
I know before this, we were talking about E&I. Um, they're an amazing resource. And so there's so much uh, help and support out there and, um, and they should go get it. Don't be shy and be, you know, don't think that you have to do it on your own. I think I can get into that thought process sometimes where it's like, okay, how can I figure this out? I just get into it and build a silo or something. And, and, you know, they're doing such amazing work, especially at E&I, but you know, there's people uh, doing amazing work all across the Yukon just privately. And I'm blown away by how receptive people are to, to taking a phone call, to answering advice, to just chatting. And, and so I'd say that that's the biggest one. If you have an idea, don't be shy. Don't hold on to it. Don't, don't be like, this is my idea. I can't let anybody know, you know, get that out there and, uh, and talk to some people and they'll, they'll point you at very least they'll point you in the direction of like 20 people that can help you. And you'll be kickstarted so fast and have so much to do and uh, so much clarity on where you should go. It's, it's a, like, it's actually amazing uh, what we've got going on in the Yukon. I think it's really special. Oh yeah, definitely. And, and for those who aren't sure that you're just talking about uh, entrepreneurship and innovation at Yukon university. Yeah. Yeah. But that's certainly something that's come up a lot in this podcast is the importance of relationship and collaboration. And when you're stuck, like pick up the phone and call somebody because there's probably somebody who's just itching to, to talk about that same problem as well, or, or help you like make your way through, through that problem and, and find your solution. Absolutely. And, and I still learn that. I mean, even with the mushrooms, it was like, why do I, why did I grow 12 pounds of mold? <laughs> but I'm really excited that I have 12 pounds of it, but it's the wrong stuff. And then, and then I finally just like, okay, I'm going to call somebody. It just pushes me forward right away. And, uh, and it helps, uh, you know, it helps all of us. And, and the people that are usually giving the advice are actually really excited to see somebody move forward and, and see somebody interested. I, the other day I got the other one that I got into, we were talking about skills is uh, drafting. Um, okay. And I bought a like a little drafting table, like a cheap one. And uh, the guy who was selling it to me, he looked like he was maybe in his like sixties or something like that. And he's kind of like looking at me like, do you not know about computers? Like nobody <laughs> drafts by hand anymore. Like, why are you doing this by hand? He was definitely giving me like a, but then he was like, you could see a little sparkle kind of pop up and it was like, okay, I can kind of help this guy draft. He gave me a bunch of stuff for free. And, uh, and you know, he was, he was just really excited. And then, uh, and I got in touch with, um, with a, an architect in town and he was just so excited that somebody wanted to learn how to draft by hand. They're like, oh yeah, we'll give you, come on. Yeah, come by. We can do like drink a couple of beers. We can, we can put some, you know, some uh, work down and, and, you know, teach some concepts and stuff. So yeah, I'm, I'm impressed overall, just how, how willing people are to help and how excited they are to help in something that they're passionate in as well. That's fantastic. Okay. So, I mean, drafting, maybe kind of putting pen to paper is, has been a bit of a wellness practice for you, a place to sort of reboot and find some creativity, but what else is sort of uh, inspiring you to be like a well person through this pretty stressful time? Um, I think that where we are, uh, we're very lucky because we have so much access to the outdoors. And, uh, and so that's, for me, the, the main thing. I'll go mountain biking or I'll go rock climbing or, um, you know, ski touring or something. I, I mean, and I went ski touring and then they told us that we shouldn't go ski touring. And I, I like right away, I was like, ah, kind of do that. But so I stopped going ski touring. But um, and so like I've, you know, that that for me is the, the main one is just making sure I, I get out and I, you know, I have a little husky and he needs a ton of running. So that that makes it easy, too. It's like 
he inspires me to go outside and, and that keeps me feeling, you know, saying that keeps me feeling pretty, yeah, pretty fresh, I guess. Mm, good. Yeah. Any major sort of aha moments for you, something that's clicked, like where your worldview has changed a little bit or just like a major sort of takeaway from this whole event? Yeah, I'd say um, how quick everything can change, right? Like that it's, we, you know, things have been like relatively the same for so long uh, as a society. And it really didn't take long for the whole world to just get completely shifted upside down. And so I think that kind of brought me back into a spot of, you know, like re renewed the importance of what we're doing and renewed my interest in it a little bit because uh, as much as we like to think we know what's going to happen, we don't. And, uh, and I think I was just like surprised um, and it was interesting to see, but really like, uh, you know, personally things can change really fast. I, I've known that, but on a, on a society level, I was like, uh, it was, I felt like it was changing every, and um, you know, week, one week felt like way different from the next. And so, uh, so I think just, yeah, being prepared for, uh, for the eventuality that maybe we will have to be self-sustainable and we will have to, you know, or we might lose a road down south. It just made it seem like that is something that could happen, um, you know, and that is that it would happen fast. Hmm. And so then thinking about that, what are sort of your values as we sort of enter, you know, this new normal, this reopening phase after a bit of a restart or reset in our, our economic systems? What are your values or, or hopes for the Yukon economy? Um, well, I can't speak to the whole economy. I don't know enough, I guess, about, uh, about mining and, and tourism and stuff. So, but I can speak to what we're doing. And I would say that in agriculture, uh, my value right now is definitely just getting, getting more of it in the Yukon. Um, and there's, there's a lot of ways to do it. Uh, nobody, no one way is right. You know, we're doing hydroponics and, uh, indoors and, and that's not the, the catch-all. That's not the perfect way. I don't think we're any better or worse than somebody who's doing, uh, you know, traditional agriculture or, you know, there, there's a lot of different ways that you can do it. And I think it's just really important that there's a lot of people doing it and that we're um, supporting our community and that we're buying local. And, and I think that, you know, on top of sustainability um, or, or like, you know, self-sustainability, it's important for, you know, global sustainability to be buying local. And, um, and so, yeah, I'd say for the economy, I'd really, I, they've been, they've been awesome at, you know, really focusing on uh, agriculture. And I, I hope to see that continue because I, I think it has a lot of positive benefits. And, uh, and from what I understand, it has, it's one of the best um, industries for keeping the dollar in the, in, within the Yukon as well. So it seems like one of the best ones to actually invest in because um, as we keep investing into it, you know, it's not, the money isn't getting shipped down South. We're actually, you know, it's being, you know, local farmers get it and then they spend it locally on supplies and they see, you know, and the dollar's value stays a lot more within the community. And I think that that's really important to look at as well. And so, um, yeah, I'd say that from that perspective, that would be the, the value shift. And, uh, and then just as a company, um, our values have always been that 
we, we produce, but we also uh, build systems and sell systems, whether it's just residentially to people who are interested in doing it at home uh, year round, or whether it's to larger you know, research stations like uh, Kalani Lake Research Station uh, recently bought a system from us. And so I think f- focusing on how to help people grow with where they're at, that, that's, that's another part is just, you know, we, we're interested in getting people growing and um and whatever scale that that is you know that as a company that that's also that value is really brought been brought up Mm, that's fantastic okay so the last question any songs or podcasts music uh books movies that are kind of getting you through um i got into uh the book homo deus uh, homo sapiens and homo deus i don't know if you you said look like you recognize yeah i've read them (laughs) yeah so really enjoying those. Those have been, that's been a very good book. Um, I got into a cool sci-fi uh, book that one of my friends passed on to me that was actually written by a Chinese author. And, uh, and I thought that was cool. It's just a different perspective being, you know, you don't really often read a Chinese centric novel. So that was cool. And, uh, and then the play guitar podcast, which is like, I don't know how they got that name. Good for them. <laughs> they got, <laughs> they really won with that, but, uh, that's been a really cool podcast for me because I like to play guitar and, uh, and it, I found that that, yeah, opened up some new, new parts for me. So I've been, yeah, between those, those books and that podcast, I've been staying pretty busy. Fantastic. Any final thoughts or closing words before we end out today? Um, no, I think, I think I'm just, I'm pretty thankful, I guess, about, uh, where we're, where we are. I've said it a few times. Um, but I think that, uh, there's, my heart goes out to everybody who's down South. There's a lot more, uh, uncertainty. And I think, um, it sounds like a lot, it's a lot more difficult, uh, you know, living maybe downtown Toronto or downtown Vancouver. It's a lot harder to get these escapes and you really have to focus on the wellness practice. So my heart would go out to everybody who's down there going through that. Um, and then I'm just so appreciative of where we are because we're a little bit of an Island. We got to kind of close our borders and, and remain a little bit shut off from the world. And, um, and as a byproduct, we still get to do the things we love outdoors and, and we haven't really been clamped down as hard. It's just been an overarching theme that we could any moment could change again. So I'd say, uh, yeah, overall, I'm just really appreciative of this place that we call home. Awesome. Thanks so much for your time today. Bye. Yeah, thanks, Carrie.